0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue
0: for Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show brought to you by Combok Feeds, providing quality poultry feeds for your backyard flock. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We have Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. He'll be joining us shortly. We'll be talking about Merrick's disease today.
2: Stay with us. We're going to
0: go to break, but we'll be back shortly. Get that pen and paper together so you can take some notes about Merrick's disease on today's Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Calm Bach Feed.
3: At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KambachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kambach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer.
0: Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen Savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard-sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful Hensaver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com.
3: Established in nineteen fifty-seven GQF has become the name to trust when it comes to quality products and superior customer service. GQF offers a wide range of poultry products, including incubators, brooders, feeders, waters, and much, much more. Give them a call at 912-236-0651 or visit them online at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com.
0: Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pins, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pins for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at WareMFG.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Wear Manufacturing. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard
1: Poultry with a Chicken Whisperer.
2: And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So, when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll
0: know it's Super Chicken. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We have Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, coming on, founder of firststatevetsupply.com. We're going to be talking a little bit about Merrick's disease today, so I'm going to get right over to the switchboards. We will be ending the show promptly at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time. I am hitting the road, so uh, we'll be done right at noon, but we're going to definitely have a good review about Merrick's disease today. Also, um, I talked with uh, poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray today. Uh, She is feeling under the weather and will not be on tomorrow so as of right now there will be no show tomorrow so you can get an early start to celebrating your easter holiday weekend uh we're actually uh, we hadn't seen Jim's parents since thanksgiving can you believe it um so uh, i've surprised her and said hey let's let's go visit your parents we're also going to visit my dad as well uh while we're on this uh, short long weekend trip uh but we should return uh back uh for another great episode of Ask the Chicken Doctor with Peter Brown Monday, but if not Monday, we may move him to next Tuesday and do Peter Brown next Tuesday, depending on when we roll back into the homestead. So, uh hope you have a wonderful and blessed weekend this weekend. Let's get over here to the phone lines, and we will bring on Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, if I can push the right button here. Uh, they switch things around here. They update every now and then. Let me see what it says here. Uh, it
1: says you're live. Peter, can you hear me okay? I can. Yep.
0: I can hear you, too. Very good. So you were live. I am live. And uh, we're ready to roll here with Merrick's. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, uh, this will, I'm sure, be a good review for a lot of folks. already had a few comments on the Facebook page about, in fact, someone said, oh, I thought we had Merrick's, but it ended up being an ear infection. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, But we surely thought it was Merrick's for, for a while, but um, still so already getting uh, a little... Uh, comments out there regarding this topic. So I'm going to hand it over to you and uh, let's get our pen and papers ready folks and learn from Peter Brown.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, uh it's interesting that you say that uh in in your comments there uh, uh about the ear infection and I believe uh, that's the next article we're going to write for, or I'm going to write for the uh for the uh, Chicken Whisperer magazine. So I think that'll be uh kind of interesting uh for people to find out just what causes it and what you could do about it and everything else it's something that <clears throat> that particular thing is something that uh you can take care of for the most part uh, by yourself you don't need to necessarily to have a veterinarian involved but you mm-hmm. uh, you got to catch it early but uh, uh yeah it can cause neurological problems but you know i mean it is close to the brain the brain is is directly above the ear canal and and uh um When this bacteria gets in there and gets rocking and rolling, it really makes a mess. And uh, we'll have some nice, vivid pictures to go in that magazine article as well, so uh, people will uh, be able to uh, get a handle on it real early on. But uh, our topic today, Merix, uh, we've been around the horn on this a number of different times, but it's always good to come back and review, uh, especially this time of the year. People are hatching chicks left and right, and uh, those that vaccinate for Merix are. Those that want to are interested in information. And so I think it's uh it's good timing and uh, uh it's not a huge long subject. We could make it long, but it's not necessary. it's a pretty simple uh disease um uh it's it's an interesting thing the disease was um first uh described uh, or discovered so to speak uh, uh as early as the early nineteen hundreds uh, right around uh, depending on the literature that you read uh 195 to 1910 uh, some settled it on 1907 um but uh it gets its name from Dr. Merck, Marek, M A R E K, who was a Hungarian researcher um who first really discovered it. So the interesting thing about it, they knew about it all the way back then, but it wasn't until the latter 1960s, okay, over 50 years uh before a vaccine became available. um uh, So I think that's kind of interesting to note, all that period of time, and that that allowed this disease to get a real good foothold uh, in poultry. By the time uh, the vaccines came around in the early, uh, uh, middle to latter uh, 60s, even early 70s, um, this was very devastating to the uh, commercial poultry industry. And and bear in mind, it it wasn't necessarily always killing birds outright, but... uh, uh, this uh, attacking broiler chickens uh, you know, uh, uh, and uh, attacking uh, laying hens uh, mortality rates uh, uh, were all over the place from you know 40% to 50% up to 70% uh, of a flock would succumb to this disease and like I said in some cases it didn't outright kill them um, what it, what happens they become starve-outs and pick-outs within the flock uh, uh, and um, the uh, uh u s Department of Agriculture is not going to let any bird go through the processing plant that's got tumors inside of it that has merics and let it go into the food chain uh that's part of the uh, Department of agriculture's uh poultry Inspection service that they have on <clears throat> on the uh, premise of the uh of the uh processing plant so they are they're not going to allow that uh to happen and um so a lot of birds are being condemned uh and the costs were uh truly astronomical. So a big breakthrough for everybody was the, uh, the, uh, the advent of this vaccine um, and uh, bringing it to market and getting it into birds and finally getting this disease at that point uh, under control. Um, we're many years removed uh, from the uh, original vaccine and uh, hence we've moved on to uh, other uh, Merix-type virus vaccines. Uh, that are currently being used uh... in the poultry industry um, they are much different and much removed from the original uh... vaccine uh... and certainly are removed uh, very far from the vaccine that is available to us as backyard small flock holders um, so from from that standpoint uh, there is a huge uh... gap in between and i don't think you'll see that gap uh, close up anytime soon uh, unless the um uh problem within the backyard small flock holder community uh gets really severe and becomes uncontrollable uh with the current uh vaccine so uh why do i say that um this virus is uh what we call um first off it's highly contagious let's start there um spreading from bird to bird very uh rapidly um spread through the feather follicles, so you can just imagine all the little um, uh, feather follicles that a bird has, and a bird that is infected and truly carrying the virus and shedding it is going to shed it from all of those feather follicles in the dander that the bird has. So we've all been in a chicken house, and uh, we've all seen birds flapping their wings or whatever, and, and we see the dander float in the air. So a bird that is infected and shedding that virus uh, that virus is uh, floating around in the air, getting in your nose, eyes, hair, hands, your uh, shirt, jacket, shoes, pants, whatever, and then you're going to carry that wherever you go uh, for a period of time. Um, the birds that are uh, have um, uh, not been infected will now uh, have an opportunity uh, to become infected through the conjunctiva of the eye, of the mouth, uh, and the nostrils. And... Uh, so that's the basic way that it's that it's spread bird to bird It um, is it uh is part of what's called the avian leucosis complex uh it is a, a avian herpes virus at this point in time uh not able to uh live in human cells um it is the chicken uh equivalent of human cancer because it does form uh tumors and for the most part with marx um in general when we talk about it forming tumors we're not um for the most part uh talking about uh golf ball grapes, fruit sized uh, types of tumors we're talking about small enlargements of nerves uh that run through the bird's body uh the vagus nerve runs from the brain down through the the uh the tail And off of that, there are are branches of the the vagal nerve that that go to different uh, uh, organs and different uh, systems in the body, the legs, the wings, uh, the proventriculus, which is the true stomach, uh, and and so on. And any time there is an impairment uh, tumor uh, or what have you uh, on these uh, vagus nerves, uh, that will impair the electrical impulses from the brain uh, going to the affected uh, organ and uh, uh, causing birds to be crippled. Uh, We've seen the classic uh, Merrick stance of uh, one leg forward, one leg back, sitting on the breast, or laying on the side with uh, both legs out. Um, So those are classic. There are others, I've seen it, uh, where they're laying on their side, one leg forward, one leg back. Uh, It really doesn't matter uh, as far as as that's concerned. But something else about this virus that is important um, it is what we call a highly cell associated uh, virus. Uh, and what that means to you is that uh, in the bird's body, it needs to be inside of a cell. So it has to actually invade the bird's cells uh, and then it moves around the body of the bird in that cell. Um, the drawback to the current vaccine that is available to us uh, as a what we call a freeze dried, cell free. Lyophilized, which just means it's uh, freeze-dried um, vaccine, uh, is that it doesn't have any cell to protect it in the bird's system. Uh, that's not going to mean that this virus uh, vaccine cannot get into the cells it does. But uh, before it does that, it doesn't have any protection. Um, so uh, the vaccines that the commercial poultry industry uh, is using are cell associated uh, and they use a frozen vaccine uh, these days uh, frozen in liquid nitrogen so the difference between the two is cell free and cell associated meaning that the uh, the uh, other other one that's frozen in liquid nitrogen lives inside of an actual cell so therefore when it's injected into the bird's body it has protection against the maternal antibodies if there are any or any other natural uh, uh, antibodies that are produced by the bird to negate that vaccine, and that may be indeed uh, the reason why we have uh vaccine failures um, uh, within the uh backyard small flock holder community uh because of the fact that if there are antibodies uh floating around in the uh, uh in the chick that have been passed on from uh the uh, parents then this vaccine is not going to be able to uh, invade cells and uh, move around in the bird's body and, and cause uh, disease. Um, so, we may, down the road, uh, have to look and see if if there isn't going to be some remedy for uh, uh, getting some cell-associated vaccine uh, if the uh, uh, situation warrants it. Right now, I, I don't see it uh, being uh, quite as big a problem as uh, some people uh, uh, would would have you believe. Uh, well, Merrick is a problem. Uh, basically, it's easily controlled through proper vaccination. Um, proper vaccination timing. Uh, I always get asked, you know, uh, do we have to do it at one day of age? Well, it's more advantageous to do it at one day of age, okay, than it would be to do it at a week, two weeks, three weeks, because you always run the risk then of the bird becoming infected prior to the uh, vaccine taking hold uh, vaccine, vaccine can take anywhere from seven to ten days to uh, get up to speed in the bird system and be fully uh, functional uh, not to say that it won't help prior to that but it really needs uh, that period of time so if you're vaccinating birds at two weeks of age you're probably not going to get a lot, a lot of benefit from it before uh, four, five, six, seven days out. So you're looking at three weeks before, and then you run. You know, in that in that span of time, you you still run the risk of having some birds uh, come down with it, whether you like it or not. So uh, the closer to one day of age uh, is better than than uh, than waiting. Uh, I do understand the dynamics of wanting to wait uh, so that you can get the maximum uh, impact from the vaccine. Uh, the, unfortunately, the vaccine that we're using uh, only comes in 1,000-dose bottles. Um, there is a methodology for splitting it up, and we do have all of that lined out for people uh, uh, in one of the split-pack deals that we sell on the, on the website. Um, so you can get four uses out of the same uh, same bottle of vaccine and stretch it out a little bit. But <clears throat> more more importantly than splitting the vaccine, Uh, are two things, uh, well, basically three things if you think about it. The timing of the vaccine as close to one day of age as possible. Um, The proper dose, making sure that you understand uh, what 0.2 ml is or 0.2 cc. They're both the same thing, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, Making sure that that's an accurate dose. Uh, Making sure that uh, the... uh, uh, the bird is uh, is uh, properly vaccinated, and then a fourth one we could throw out there is that uh, the vaccine, once mixed from a uh, freeze-dried lyophilized wafer uh, into a liquid with the uh, vaccine diluent, uh, you really only have about one hour. After one hour, the the live vaccine that's in that bottle uh, really picks up speed uh, uh, in in dying within the bottle itself. Uh, And the reason for that is these cells are in this lyphalized state. They are um, in basically suspended animation. They are growing at a very, very, very slow uh, rate. Um, But as soon as they are are constituted to a liquid, they pick up that speed and and go at warp speed. And um, their goal is to get into the host cells of the chicken and replicate and duplicate themselves uh, like a little factory. They can't do that in the bottle. So when they get ready to uh to split and divide, uh they just die. There's no place to go. And uh, it really does pick up speed. Uh, I would venture to say that uh you know a bottle of vaccine that is uh uh been left for 2 hours or so, uh probably looking at about 80% or so of that vaccine in that in that uh, uh, that vial being uh Uh, dead, useless. So it's really important to stick to the the directions that come with it, to read them. Uh, Don't be talking on your cell phone, trying to chastise children, trying to catch birds for vaccination. Have a plan uh, in place and the last thing you're going to do is mix the vaccine so that you get the maximum uh, time. Um, So you want to make sure you check all of those things. Uh, I get often asked about how often should you change the needle um you know every 10 15 birds uh, or if you notice a burr on the end of the needle or if you should bend the needle certainly uh, those are uh, warranted to be uh, changed uh, other people ask the question do you have to clean the needle after each injection no you don't uh, i don't know of any uh, commercial operation that does that uh, they've been vaccinated a zillion birds over the years uh, it's just not practical <clears throat> and um, so that's generally not done you can do so if you want but doing so increases your vaccination time, so just try to make sure you stay within that one-hour window uh, of opportunity. Uh, it would be wise, uh, once you mix the vaccine into a liquid, uh, to uh, put that uh, vaccine vial uh, while you're using it into some uh, some crushed ice. Uh, that would work out very nice. Keeping it cool helps keep it stable. Uh, and does slow down the rate of cell death within within the bottle. So um, those are all important things to kick out there, to get out to people, to uh, make them understand what it is. This is an important poultry disease. Uh, make no mistake about it. Um, the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, has for uh, many years, I believe it first came to uh, fruition back in the 40s, uh, this is a uh, the USDA Department of Agriculture uh, avian oncology laboratory, where a group of scientists uh, who are experts in this particular field uh, of um, studying this particular disease. This is what they do day in day out, and this is where your new vaccines basically come from. Okay, on occasion, you'll get one that'll come out of a university as did uh, years ago by, I believe, Dr. Schott up at uh, Cornell University with the SB1 uh, and that type of thing. Uh, But um, by and large, this is where the the stuff starts. This is where all the testing is done. Uh, There's an awful lot of work uh, that is done there by some people who are really, really brilliant people. Uh, And they study this. not only to uh, because it's a major poultry disease, but uh, there are similarities in some of the things that uh, Marek's disease does in chickens that cancer cells do in humans. So it's a great model. Uh, chickens uh, don't only take 21 days to hatch. Um, and uh, the uh, using these uh, vaccines in an attempt to see how they uh, react in chickens and, and, and humans, uh, and don't forget we share roughly about 50% of our gene uh pool with uh, chickens so uh, uh it's a great model uh you know to look at uh, different types of diseases uh there are developmental diseases in children that are studied in chickens because of some similarities uh there is also a uh, a following of people that use the chicken model to study uh, ovarian cancer in humans because chickens have ovarian cancer and they in many ways act the same way and do the same things and and uh, work uh in many of the same ways so it's 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 something that's looked at in hopes of uh, understanding it uh getting a better handle on it uh becoming more familiar with it and hopefully uh, uh down the road to be able to to uh you know mitigate some of these fix some of these things uh, that affect humans as well so um, Chicken is a great thing. We talked a while back about the the chicken's comb, and we talked about the hyaluronic acid that comes from the chicken's comb that's used in people's uh, bad knees uh, to uh, alleviate pain and and add some cushioning in between the uh, the uh, the two bones and the joints. Uh, So, chicken has been around for a long time, and and is is a great contributor to society. Uh, It's a shame, uh, from my perspective, from the way I see it, that uh, they are um not given the stature and society that they really uh that they really demand. Uh, the uh you know, chicken feeds the world, so to speak, not only through eggs but through uh through the meat of the chicken, uh one of the cheapest sources of protein in, in, in the world. And uh people looking all over the world to grow chickens more efficiently and um uh, and uh and so on, and are doing that because it is a great source of, of of protein and and food for for the for the for humans. So the chicken has uh, has contributed an awful lot, but has uh, really taken a back seat in the in the notoriety end of it, um, and uh, uh, the value that people generally place on on chickens uh, is not very high. Uh, and I, I I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek because certainly it's not everybody, but there are a lot of people that don't value a chicken uh, as much as they may value a dog, a cat, or even fish in their fish tank. So um, anyway, uh, this is a, uh, uh, a cell-associated uh, 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 disease, virus, uh, and it's part of the avian leukosis complex, which basically makes up... Uh, three different uh, types of of viruses, uh, your Marek's disease, uh, your lymphoid leukosis, and your uh, uh, reticuloendotheliosis uh, virus, which is quite rare in in, in chickens. You really don't see that very much and you hardly see anybody talk about it because of that. But the two that uh, are most talked about are the Marek's disease, uh, Marek's probably being the number one uh, and another virus uh, not associated with Merix at all caused by another virus, which is lymphoid leukosis, uh, also known as big liver disease. So they're the two culprits that, that really take chickens down uh, as far as uh, these type of um, uh, lymphoma-type uh, uh, viruses are, are uh, concerned. And um, you really only need to associate yourself with the Marix today, but we've talked about lymphoid leukosis before. Um, and again, what it really boils down to uh, at the end of the day is a, a form of chicken cancer, okay? Um, and it comes in all different forms within the bird. Uh, we see this uh, lots of times in young chickens, especially broiler chickens. Uh, they get uh, skin lesions uh, or a raising of the feather follicle uh, around the feather shaft, um, and that is considered a tumor. Um and that is uh, not really allowed in the processing plant either. They may remove the skin, and, and, and uh, because it's at skin level, um, and they may condemn the whole carcass. Depends on the uh, the uh, veterinarian in charge of the of the line and and what he thinks when he sees it. Um, and it used to be a big problem. Uh, it's lesser of a problem now uh, in broiler chickens, uh, but it um, it. Uh, has been in years past a problem still continues to be somewhat of a problem, but it's not as big as it used to be uh, another area that it that Merix attacks is the visceral organs uh, uh of the uh, uh, of the gut um, and um uh, certainly uh nerve involvement, which is the most common it's the one we are most associate this disease with um and uh we all have, know that the typical crippling the uh you know one leg forward one leg back one of the tip offs that's not always 100% but one of the tip offs is um sometimes prior to seeing the bird uh, lay on its breast and so on uh you'll start to see them ball up their their toes they'll they'll retract the toes and keep them in a balled up position uh they'll flex them back out but they'll still every now and then ball it up, or you'll see them stand and pick the leg up and ball that foot up. Um, Not always, but better than 50% of the time, uh, you can look at that as possibly being uh, Merrick's as well. And that's just the the beginning of it. And when you see birds that are down, uh, laying on the breast, one leg forward, one leg back, and so on, uh, you generally will see the the foot ball up to a degree, some more than others. Uh, It just depends. We can also see this uh, in in the birds, um, showing signs of of wing weakness, uh, the inability to hold the wings tucked up to the body the way they belong. Uh, Generally, they'll start out with a wing that's just a little droopy uh, and can get as bad as a bird that just can't pick the wing up off the ground. Um, This is, uh, again, part of that, um, uh, the uh, vagus nerve, sciatic nerve, if you will, affecting the the wings and the bird's ability to uh, to hold them up and that again is is against the uh uh the vagus nerve uh, that's involved there and the vagus nerve plays a big role in in, in um, whether a bird eats or it doesn't um because that's where the signaling from the brain that a bird is hungry comes from to go to the proventriculus if you're not familiar with the proventriculus it's the bird's true stomach it is the organ <clears throat> that is directly Uh, next in line after the bird's crop. So you would have the bird's mouth, the bird swallows the food, goes into the crop, small piece of intestine brings it over to the proventriculus, uh, and that's where your true digestion really starts. And uh, the way that the proventriculus works is by uh, two basic things, stimulation of food at the opening, uh, makes it open and accept that food, or a stimulation from, from, from the brain through the vagus nerve. So when a bird has Marex, it may not receive uh, that um, signal from the brain that it's hungry and um, open the uh, pr- opening to the proventriculus and let food pass. Uh, this is why like lots of times we see birds stop eating, um, and we have a difficult time uh, keeping them going. Sometimes we can uh, tube feed them and keep them going that way, but once we stop tube feeding, they go right back to not eating again. Uh, and they, they wither away and die and that's how they become starvouts in a flock, okay? And that's what controls that. It's uh it's a very important uh nerve uh within the bird's uh, uh body and uh uh many times uh uh Merix can be uh um uh, associated uh not associated but uh, you people look at a bird and they think it's coccidiosis, um and it actually and truly is uh is uh, the birds start to stand around a little bit and and um, and that kind of thing so, um the uh <clears throat> so that that's the that's the wings and and the legs and everything else and then there is another uh type of mericks uh, that we see uh, that involves the optic nerve um and the eyeball itself, and that's the ocular form of mericks uh As a general rule, the vaccine does not stop that particular uh, strain of the virus, so it's not uncommon to see a bird that has been vaccinated that, uh, when exposed to that particular virus, uh, may still end up with uh, oculomerics. Nothing you can do about it, and uh, uh, at that point, uh, certainly a bird with uh, oculomerics should be culled from the flock.
0: Um, hey, Peter, I'm going to uh, take a real quick break here and um, okay. uh, go to break. And then I do have a question from the chat room for you here okay. about vaccination here in uh, just a minute. So, folks, we're talking, with, we're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetsupply.com. And uh, there will be a lot more to come regarding Merrick's when we return after this short break. When you need an incubator, think Brent C., the incubation specialist. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at brency.com Brenzi spelled... B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brincy.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, technology you can trust. You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the Dirty Waterer Zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water. The Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com want one that will outlast all the others then check out urban coop company all of their coops are made from 100 percent appearance grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the usa compared to other coops urban coop company coops will last longer and look better doing it they're designed to be both beautiful and functional in fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at UrbanCoopCompany.com. That's UrbanCoopCompany.com. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? in most cases it's not necessary but if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater the Sweeter Heater is a safe completely sealed washable non-breakable energy-efficient long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Since
3: 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business, providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg's should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com. Or call today at 1 800 720 1134. Remember that Stromberg's com. Come, com. come, back, come, back. come, back. Come buck, buck, Feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds dot com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer.
0: All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Our guest today is Peter Brown also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateThatSupply.com. Today's topic is Merrick's disease. Hopefully you're taking lots of notes, that pen and paper, and hope you had a nice restroom break during our break. So now it's time to bring Peter back on and let him continue educating us about Merrick's disease. Peter?
1: Hey, Andy, I just want to throw something out here about you. Uh, One of your advertisements there was for the Swedish heater. And uh, uh, this is a true story. I have a, a client uh, who's been a client of mine for a long time. And um, last year, uh, be- before we had all of this cold weather, the uh, she-, she raised a lot of chickens, and she was using heat lamps and, and whatever. And um, she was in a northern climate, and uh, her electric bill, believe it or not, was running around $1,300 a month. Great day thirteen hundred dollars a month. It was actually breaking the bank so to speak. And um this person um uh, purchased a bunch of the sweeter heaters and I just saw this person not too long ago and um we've had one of the coldest winters around here lately and um through the, the sweeter heaters and changing some other you know light bulbs within coops to uh, um um yeah, you know, the, um... LED the, that, fluorescent. Yeah, LEDs. And, um, the, uh, bill now is running between three and 400
2: So it's a, a month.
1: Yep, huge, huge savings. And, um, you know, when you when you look at the fact that the, you know, the initial cost of the, uh, of the suite of heaters mm-hmm. for the amount that she bought was under what she paid for the one month's electric bill, uh, she's ahead of the game. Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh...
1: It's doable. You just have to be, you know, willing to make the plunge and make it. It's an investment. There's no question about it. You know, it it just is. But anyway, I want to finish this up. Go ahead. I hear that a
0: lot. Uh, I hear that a lot on the road when I post something about the sweeter here on the Facebook page. uh, They'll be like, I wish there was uh, a less expensive uh, option. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm thinking they're about $75 to $120, okay? And it can save your Life, because how many times have we seen houses catch on fire due to coop fires because of the heat lamps neighbors' houses have caught on fire, ask what yourself what your insurance deductible is. Ask yourself the time you have uh, in, in cost and in feed, raising these chickens, the cost of the coop, the cost of the toys, the cost of the treats, the cost of the feed, the cost of everything else, plus your time, and you're complaining about 75 to $120 for something that, like you said, is going to save you money in the long run, do the electric bill, maybe save your life, save your chicken life, save your investment for $120. And, um, you know, I know if Bridget McCray, not to put words in her mouth, was on the show, would be like, you know, if you can't do that. Maybe you shouldn't be raising chickens in the first place. I know that upsets a lot of people. You know, if you can't take care of them correctly, don't raise them. If you, if you can't afford yep. a vet bill, don't raise them. If you can't afford to do it right, don't raise them. You know, and and so I'm I'm not, you know, she's putting words in her mouth, but we've heard her say that many times before. And um, you know, 120 dollars. I mean, really, and you're raising chickens. So it's you know, I, I completely get that money's tight for everybody, mm. but. Uh, this is a perfect example of doing that. It's kind of like it's very frustrating for me when people complain about spending $20 on a medication, but they have a $3,000 coupe, they have a $60 chicken swing, they have uh, all this money in <laughs> treats, all the money in treats, they have, you know, um, they're, they're making curtains and all this stuff, but yep. they balk at, no pun intended, a $20 medicine because I guess they have no problem spending money on the quote-unquote fun stuff, but right. they don't want to spend money on on the... Um, on maybe the important things, the more serious things. It's, again, it goes back to what I talked about yesterday when okay. we had uh, Dr. Nancy on about nutrition, and she mentioned probiotic and the importance of that. And again, okay. I had to uh, remind everybody, because I'm sure we had new listeners yesterday, about um, them you know, buying uh, a cup of yogurt every single day for their chickens. That's $30 a month, uh, okay. doing nothing for their chickens. There's not enough good, as you've talked to us about, there's not enough good bacteria in there to help your chicken's gut. But for $19, they can buy probiotic designed for chickens that will actually help them. They save $10 a month. You add it into their water. And people ask me, well, so why don't they save $10 and put it into their water and benefit their chickens instead of wasting their money on yogurt? And the only answer I have, Peter, is that I guess it's just not fun. You know, it's not fun to measure out some liquid and pour it into the water and say, okay, there yeah. you go. It's not as yeah. fun as taking a little cup of yogurt out and calling your girls over and letting them eat the yogurt and getting yogurt all over their face and all over their and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, And I hear that. So so that that's the reason why. It's very frustrating for us that want people to take care of their birds and want them to have the best health possible and then they balk it maybe the, the, you know something like this that is going to save money in the long run. Maybe save their life. Maybe you know, and and one hundred twenty dollars, and yet not, not doesn't apply to everybody. Now you know you can send me the emails and complain all you want, but but it's you know the, the person who has a three thousand dollar coupe and then and then won't spend twenty dollars on meds to help their their chickens. I don't I don't understand that yeah.
2: one iota. But um, yeah, that, that's a great. Yeah, you know. You
0: know, that's a great. Uh, um, testimonial for for the sweeter heater though regarding you know a thousand bucks a month she's savings going yep. from heat lamps to the sweeter heaters. That's awesome. Thanks for, for sharing that. So we've got about uh, just, uh thirteen minutes to wrap up with okay. Eric's. All right. So uh, oh, let me throw this question out before I forget because I will forget. Let me ahead. throw out this question from the chat room. Um is there an economical way to vaccinate a lot of chicks. And economical, I th- think, when you see the question, uh, maybe a faster way uh, to vaccinate versus economical. But, uh, like I she, said, she's wondering. Uh, Christmas Chick, is there an instrument or tool to make it easy to vaccinate? And she's picturing something like a, uh, uh, she she put it here in the chat room, an uh, uh, ear pierce machine where you just go
2: click, 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 click,
0: and, uh, and, and vaccinate many of them at, at a time instead of drawing it up and doing this and doing that. Because is, is well, we've, seen, we've seen how they do it at, at the hatcheries. They're on a conveyor right. belt. They come by and it's got the, the multi uh pin and pin. it does do that. So she's wondering if there's something for maybe the, the hobbyist or maybe the, the one that has a small breeder that that's wanting to do 100 or 200 or 300 chicks.
1: Yeah, I think that um, one of the best ways to do that, you, you know, um, I don't mind speed as long as we have accuracy. Okay?
2: Mm-hmm,
1: so mm-hmm. You, you don't want to sacrifice one for the other. But that being mm-hmm. said, uh, as long as you can get what we would call an automatic syringe uh, that will uh, you know, dose down to two tenths of a cc because that's what it is. It's it's one fifth of of one cc, and so as long as you can do that, because the way they work, you know, you mix it up and put it in a, a bottle or container, whatever you're going to put it in, and then the hose goes in there, and you you calibrate the syringe, and then it's as quick as you can stick the needle in and and pull that trigger, yep. you're going to you know you're going to get the accuracy as long as you are. Um, You know, putting it in under the skin on a 45-degree angle using a short needle. Uh, We have them here. Uh, They're 20 gauge by quarter inch. Uh, I've got some 22 by 3 eighths uh, for people that don't like the 20 by by quarter. Uh, And it prevents you from doing damage. The shorter the needle, the better. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a problem with that, and it is doable, and you can make it like, you know, if you set it up ahead of time, get somebody to hand you the chicks, get somebody that's doing all, you know, that that's helping you, uh, hell, you can go through them in no time. You know, you've be, you'd be done well within mm-hmm. an hour window, uh, and if you're going to split the vaccine, uh, that's even better. I don't recommend splitting for people who have an ongoing problem because uh, the vaccine really needs to, to be uh, uh, given a, a full dose. Uh, for at least a, uh, a year or so on a farm, and then if you want to split, you could probably go ahead and do that. But You could gain control first uh, and then go to a program there where you can, uh, you know, split the vaccine. If I don't recommend going beyond splitting it four ways. Actually, I really recommend only splitting it in half so you get twice as, uh, uh, you know, you get two opportunities to do birds uh, uh, rather than four out of the same bottle. Uh, and my my reasoning for that is that when this stuff is lyophilized, or they take the liquid out of that and make that little wafer out of it, okay, there's nothing to say that all the virus isn't on one side of the bottle, okay, no, there's nothing to say that it's evenly distributed out through there and uh, protection does depend on uh, what we call PFUs, plaque forming units. Uh, I believe it takes between 50 and 100 PFUs uh, to uh, uh, to immunize a bird. So if you're not getting the proper amount of PFUs, that could be a problem, uh, you know, as, as far as that's concerned. But, no, I, I wouldn't have a problem doing that at all. And uh, actuality, I would highly recommend it for those that are um, going to do a lot of chicks at one time. I would recommend picking up a syringe. You know, it doesn't have to be an expensive one, but uh, just want to get something that's accurate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you, need, you as a vaccinator need to pay attention, too. If you pull the trigger... Uh, and it vaccinates, and then you let it go, and it doesn't reload, and you're just pulling away. You're not vaccinating anything but air, so you need to be paying attention as well. But if you if you set it up right, there shouldn't be any problem whatsoever. None. It should be very simple to do and, and very quick. And
0: uh, she wants to know if you sell them or you could get one for her to buy.
1: I sell one. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's made in Germany. It's all steel with a with a glass uh, or plastic barrel protected, so it doesn't break so easily. Uh, I don't know, it's a 100 something dollars but you'll have it forever if you take care of it. And they, and they do have repair parts, the so little valves and springs and O-rings that are inside are, are available. Uh, the problem with a lot of these others is that there aren't any parts available for them. Once you, you know, once they break, they break. you got to throw them away. But uh, it should be on the website, yeah.
0: Okay, there you go, Christmas Chick. FirstStateVetSupply.com. All right, Peter, we've got about eight minutes
1: okay and so anyway uh... it sometimes with the visceral form of of merrick's um, we will see birds that act like they have coccidiosis and they may indeed have it part of the reason for that uh... many years ago it wasn't understood that uh... what the connection was why birds would have coccidiosis until they found that the Marex virus is an immunosuppressive virus as well so it's going to suppress the immune system and therefore negate some of the immunity that a bird may have had to coccidiosis. So therefore, if they're exposed, they may act like they have coccidiosis, standing around, falling asleep, uh, sleepy-headed, closed eyes, uh, uh, just not wanting to move and all those kind of things, when indeed uh, you say, oh, I've seen that before and I treat it for coccidiosis. And uh, you end up treating it, uh, and it doesn't get any better when, lo and behold, it has the visceral form of, of merrick. So that's always a possibility. I throw it out there uh, just so that people uh, uh, you know, can can understand why things don't always work out the way you want them to. Okay? Um, I said how it was spread. Uh, uh, it, it's a cell-associated type thing where it has to invade the cells of the bird, and that would be the white blood cells. That's the only way it can spread, and it spreads through the bloodstream uh, from place to place uh, in, in the birds um so it has to do that in order to go on uh and one of the reasons why um the department of agriculture uh studies this disease so intently um certainly on the chicken side they do it because it you know chicken it's a major problem worldwide uh for chickens so it, they have to stay on top of it and again uh the virus itself uh is related to uh, the Epstein-Barr virus, okay, and so they they do it for that reason that causes Hodgkin's disease in, in humans. Uh, but take away from this 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 next phrase is very important, okay. The Marek's disease virus does not pose any threat to humans. It is not capable of growing in mammalian cells, but they do they do keep an eye on it because they don't want it to. They don't want it to ever make that jump uh and uh, in you know in all the years since the the uh, disease was first discovered back in the uh, uh early 1900s to here we are in 2015 uh, there is no evidence to uh, at all no shred of evidence to show that it's ever made that jump so uh not to worry uh, along those things uh vaccination Pretty easy. It's a two-part vaccination. When I say two-part, you have got a bag of diluent or a bottle of diluent, and you got a very small bottle with a dried-up wafer in it that is the actual virus itself. Uh, if you're mixing it one to one, you'll mix uh, the, uh, a little bit of the diluent into the into the vaccine bottle. You'll put the little rubber stopper back in. You'll shake it up. You'll put it into the uh, uh, the diluent bottle, or if you're using the IV bag, you'll inject it back into the IV bag. Um, and sometimes we'd like to rinse the bottle a couple of times so you'll take more diluent out, put it back in it, and, and uh, everything ends up either in the IV bag or ends up in the dillium bottle, depending on the manufacturer. One manufacturer is still using the antique glass bottle while the other one is using a, uh, a more advanced IV bag. Uh, if you're splitting it up, you're going to have a little uh, container of your own, and you're going to put it back into that container, and then uh, once you've finished uh rinsing out the uh, the vaccine bottle or, or however you're doing it. And in the case of splitting it, you won't be rinsing out the vaccine bottle. You'll just be using a quarter of the wafer. Uh, you'll mix that up and you'll quickly uh, go ahead and vaccinate all your birds, making sure that you get the dose correct, two-tenths of a cc. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, making sure that you stay within the one-hour window of opportunity, making sure that you do it properly. Uh, I'm right-handed. I would hold a syringe in my right hand, come in over top of the bird's head. Uh, I like to hold the uh, chick between my thumb and my whatever finger that is next to your thumb, forefinger or whatever, and just let them hang so that you have space between the muscle, neck tissue, and the uh, the skin because you want it under the skin and never into any of the muscle. Uh, there are some people that want to do it uh, under the skin of the thigh. Technically, it makes no difference as long as you stay subcutaneously under the skin and never into the muscle tissue. Um, the shorter the needle you use, the better success you're going to have uh, doing this if you have vaccinated chicks and they uh, next day they end up with crooked necks or something like that you didn't do it right so speed isn't always the answer Uh, paying attention to what you're doing making sure you don't go too deep with the needle make sure you stay under the skin make sure you don't go too shallow that's why we want you on a 45 degree angle if you go too shallow then you get what we call an intradermal in between two layers of skin and we don't want that either okay so uh, as long as you follow all those parameters, stay within the one-hour time limit, uh, and make sure that your vaccine has been shipped to you properly. Okay, There are those out there that think they can ship it in a little tiny, tiny container and, and everything else, and uh, it really doesn't work that way. And uh, we use a very large container compared to anybody else, and uh, just throwing that out there for you. Uh, but that's the way it's done, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. A lot of folks doing it this time of the year. Uh, there are problems getting the vaccine right at the moment. The primary vaccine manufacturer that we've been using is out of it. We were out of it. I've got more coming in from a different manufacturer early next week. And mm-hmm. uh, it's always a problem this time of year, no matter how much you keep in stock. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Absolutely. Yeah, it is the season for many things uh, regarding backyard poultry. So um,
2: mm-hmm. great
0: information. I know we've covered Merricks before, but, uh, again, it's uh, – Uh, One of those things that, uh, again, if there was a disease that I would say most backyard poultry uh, enthusiasts know about have heard about, it would be merics. And a lot of them have experienced it, and they all will often say, uh, I've heard this so many times regarding merics, I don't wish it on my worst enemy. It is not something you want to have in your flock. It is disheartening to see the way it deals with the birds and kills off the birds. Um, The fact that... I would get, and I don't have this number, but just from talking and doing this for six years and, and traveling the country um talking to folks, it's, I would guess probably the most vac- uh, purchased vaccination from the hatcheries that are out there as far as uh, if you said, hey, what, which one do you sell most of? I guess it would be Merrick's. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's big. again, it's at least I are I know a lot of people have awareness on it and we're trying to do that today as as well. So Peter, thank you very much for coming on today. I do appreciate it. And uh like I said, um I don't know uh not talk to you off air but if, um I don't know if next Monday is gonna pan out. It might. I'm not sure of my exact schedule, and we'll roll back into the homestead after the Easter weekend holiday, but uh, I know Tuesday is open, so uh, I'll get with you uh, via email later to see if you're available Tuesday. Sure. But um, well, I always appreciate you coming on. Great information, great following. And, uh, folks, it's Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of, and please visit firststatevetsupply.com. If they don't have it, you don't need it. Pat, Peter, I, was, uh, I can't remember which. Um, group it was, it was on Facebook, and someone asked, hey, where's the best place to buy this, that, or the other or medications? They said uh, my local store stinks, and my local big box stinks, and, and uh, where do y'all go? And uh, I posted as well as several others posted a link directly to com. So I know you're, uh, <laughs> uh, you're in your store. And, uh, yep, no problem. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.
1: Okay, Andy. Thank you. Safe travels.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, you take care. And, uh, hey, I, I really appreciate uh, all of y'all listening today. I've got uh, one more short break, which is about a minute and eight seconds, and I'll be right back. Love Nest brings the natural goodness of herbs to you and your backyard with handcrafted organic blends for your backyard friends. Packaged in a resealable bag... 100% USDA certified organic, Love Nest blends come ready to sprinkle directly into the nesting R coop bedding and are completely natural and edible. There's Love Nest Chick Mix Blend, a gentle herb blend perfect for young chicks. Love Nest Layer Blend, designed to help support laying and soothe ruffled feathers. And Love Nest Critter Ritter Blend is naturally effective against those unwelcome guests such as lice, moths, and other pests. Ask for Love Nest at your favorite local feed store or visit them online at www.loveluv-nest.com. And try Love Nest Organic Blends for your backyard friends today. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer, here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov that's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov a message from the USDA already thank you very much for staying with us i want to remind everybody before we uh leave the air that there are two chicken coop contests going on right now you know we give away more chicken coops than anybody on the planet always have always will And uh, we've got a chicken coop contest going on right now in Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Uh, No purchase necessary to enter that. It's about a $500 value. It is a chicken tractor uh, from Wood Tech's Products. And uh, you can go to chickenwhisperermagazine.com. That's chickenwhisperermagazine.com. And you can subscribe to the free digital edition while you're there or subscribe to the $9.95 edition that will be mailed to your house, uh, and you can get all the information about entering the uh, uh, Tractor Factor contest, we're calling it, there in the spring issue of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. We also have a contest running on our Facebook page and on our Twitter account, and so you just have to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Whisperer, become a fan if you would and uh, uh, scroll down the page a little bit until you see the giveaway and we've got an awesome coop provided by eggstreamcoops.com and uh, take a look at that one uh, and it's uh, red and white looks like a little barn it's a hunt type style really cool coop made out of fiberglass easy to clean easy to disinfect and it's lighter weight um you can have it painted uh, any color they offer before they ship it to you if you don't like the barn red and white trim um theme then hey that's not a problem if you want like more of a taupe or a tan or a gray or whatever uh, you can take a look at what they've got available to paint and of course it includes shipping right to your front door as well as the one in the magazine free shipping right to your front door so hey folks uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, Dr. McRae is feeling a little under the weather. I talked to her today about tomorrow's show, so she will not be on tomorrow, unfortunately. We'll try to reschedule her again. Maybe next week she can come on if she's feeling better. And so uh, this will be our last show for the week, so I wanted to tell everybody uh, I hope you have a wonderful holiday weekend, uh, whether you celebrate this holiday or not. I hope you have a wonderful holiday weekend. We will return, if not Monday, with Peter Brown on Tuesday with Peter Brown. Okay, so uh, we thank you very much for tuning in today. We hope you have an absolutely wonderful and blessed weekend with your family and uh, and friends. So uh, we'll see you next week. God bless everybody.
2: All oh. right.